The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen now. Gotcha. Yeah, it's one of the few, uh, not that I'm a big traveler, but it's one of the few places that I haven't really spent any time at is that, uh, that west, uh, that southwest kind of cove, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I hear good things other than the fact that they say that, you know, that whole state might break off, you know, the state of California might be in the, uh, might be in the ocean, but, <laughs> uh, you know, that's the internet, I guess. Oh, that was, that was way before the internet. That was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Tool came up with that idea, right? <laughs> or at least that, that's how I remember it. It was, uh, oh wait, no, that was the Bugs Bunny cartoon where he sawed Florida off. Gotcha. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen that, but that's amazing. Yeah. I've seen I've seen gifs of it, like you see, like Bugs Bunny, like sawing into the ground, and then there's a map of the United States and like Florida just kind of like floats off of it. Oh, that's I, amazing! I can't remember the original cartoon, like the reason for it, but you don't really need a reason with Florida, right? No, no, yeah, <laughs> you can just totally just say, "Hey, like it's out of here." Welcome to Season 1, Episode 11 of the Better Band Podcast, hosted by Brandon Palomo, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. Each episode, my guests and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Hi, this is Brandon, and today's episode talking about the song release with Ryan Bauer. How you doing? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Oh, I'm fine. Especially good. since we're going to talk about Pearl Jam. All right, yeah, I'm fired up about it. Let's let's see what we get into. All right. Well, f- first of all, I have to ask you, Ryan. Uh, when did you first hear of Pearl Jam? I first heard of Pearl Jam around the 10 era, uh, you know, Jeremy music videos and on alternative radio. Um, but I did not get into them. Like I needed it. Like I needed air and water until, uh, until like the later stages of no code. And I remember like yield coming out was like a huge, like life changing album. And that would have put me at, uh that would have put me at junior year of high school um when that came Mm -hmm. out and it was at least for that time in my life and all the uh all the nonsense and uh hooligans i got myself into that album proved very (laughs) critical um and then it's been a uh it's been a long-term uh relationship uh ever since then and and i've kind of had to go back on some of those other, uh, on some of those previous albums, and I, I love them, but I had to go kind of go back and uh, experience them in retrospect, um, just kind of due to, you know, kind of I don't know, adolescence, so to speak, mm-hmm. too dumb to kind of know that that stuff was really interesting because I was listening to Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer and things like that uh, <laughs> at a point in time, which, which I'm not ashamed of, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's something that I did. Yeah, that's what was around then. Yeah. And that's it's it's what you do and then you find out, oh hey, there's all this other stuff going around too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you when you're a kid you're supposed to be dumb because, you know, you're a kid, you don't know any better. You're like, yeah. oh, 
this, you know, oh, uh, uh, Transformers is the greatest television show cartoon of all time. And, you know, then you get older and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go back and watch that again. And then you do and you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> this really is just nothing but a commercial for toys. Stretch into a half an hour. Yeah, I recently did that with He-Man. Yeah, and I was like, "This is a this is awful." Like, yeah. I can't believe I watched this a lot, <laughs> a lot. I even wanted the haircut. What was wrong with me? Yeah, that's too funny. I probably had the haircut. I just I don't uh, I don't I don't claim that at this point. I mean, that's that's why I've, I've based my facial hair off of uh, Man at Arms. <laughs> That's awesome. I have fur underwear. Oh, that's great. But yeah, release the uh, pretty much the last song on 10. If you don't count the hidden track, why did you pick this song? Yeah, so um, for me, release was a song that I really got into uh, when all the bootlegs started to come out on the binaural tour. You know, I started I started picking up the bootlegs based off, you know, uh, mm-hmm. either a show that I, I had been to um, or a show that was well reviewed or looked like it had a cool set list on the message board. And I kept going like, this is an amazing song. And they, you know, it, it kind of became at least for me and in that time frame, like the unofficial like opener of a show. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like Yellow Ledbetter is that unofficial like closer. Like you hear Yellow Ledbetter, it means it's time to to pack up and go home. And release kind of became that deal where you know they kind of would turn the lights out and then they they'd kind of launch into that first guitar chord and you're like, oh my god, you have all those feelings like you know the feelings that you have like the first time you you know kiss somebody or something and you're like, this mm-hmm. is this is happening like this is so amazing. Um, and then the very first time I saw him, it was the very first song I saw live. And so um, I think you always have a, a special connection to that because it's that, uh, it's that moment where you remember where you were, you know, when you saw Pearl Jam for the first time and you meet people at all these other shows. And what was the first show you went to? Oh, they opened with this. Yeah, it was the first time you saw it. And so to me, it's always just kind of been that. I, I mean, there's some, there's some deeper meaning and things like that. Um, but I uh, I got a tattoo on this last tour uh, in Seattle after the home shows uh, of mm-hmm. release and then uh, of the little like uh, waves graphic uh, that Eddie yeah. has done. Uh, just kind of like an interpretation of like, for me, I'll ride the wave where it takes me. And it was just like a little bit like, hey, life comes at you fast. And a lot of times I'm very guilty of trying to micromanage and like have everything go a certain way and have things be super planned. And so it was kind of a, uh, hopefully while I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, Hey, ride the wave where it takes you, like go with the flow a little bit. Like, you know, don't, you know, do some things that make you uncomfortable, but like understand that there's certain stuff that's not worth, worth fighting for, which, you know, when you're 17, 18, you know, it feels like everything's worth fighting for. Um, or fighting over or about, you know, as you get into your late thirties, like myself, like it's, it's like, you know, some of that shit doesn't matter. <laughs> that first album, it's like the perfect closer, I think for it, that is sort of like, okay, you know, we've, we've done everything and now it's, 
now it's time to, you know, put your pajamas on and get tucked into bed and kind of relax and, you know, let go off into the world now that you've changed because you've, you've listened to this music and it doesn't seem like you can open a show with it. I've, I've been in some bands and stuff and sometimes it's like, oh yeah, let's start off with the slow song like Pearl Jam does, you know, sometimes. And it's like, nope, it doesn't ever <laughs> work. And it's, you know, maybe just because, you know, we weren't a good band or didn't have the right song or anything, but um, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't seem like it should work to open a show with sure. that much sort of emotion and, and ripping out your heart and, you know, giving it to everyone to pass around. Uh, there's, huh, maybe it's, it's, uh, the, uh, the author of Fight Club, Chuck Palahniuk, years ago, he had a, uh, 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 on a website, he had a writing workshop sort of thing that he did. And um, he like explained like how he writes the way he does. And um, at that time, I was like really into writing and wanting to be an author and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, and I really like him and stuff. And so it's like, oh, yeah, let me see what, what he has to say and everything. And he said that one of the things you have to do when you're when you're writing is to establish your authority and you do that one of two ways you do that either with facts and you know as you're writing you're saying i know this about this uh, about this subject and i know this and this and this and this so that you know when you read that you're like oh this person knows what they're talking about so i'm going to trust them and i'm going to be you know drawn into it because you know i know that they're going to lead me uh, in the right direction you do it with uh, uh, information or you do it with emotion. So then you you give them something, you give the, the reader something very true from the heart and you expose yourself. You know, you're like, I'm telling you this secret. I'm telling you something that is very true and emotional and you you get drawn into it. You're like, oh, wow, this person is really truthful in what they're feeling and their emotions and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm going to believe them as they're telling me the rest of this story. So I'm going to, you know, keep going into it. And that's how you get your, uh, uh, your buy-in with it, that you get them along because you're exposing yourself in a way that, that, uh, establishes your authority and also sort of exposes your, your vulnerability to it. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really interesting and good point, which I ha- which I hadn't really thought about. But you know, as you're saying it, especially in the in the live essence uh, of that song, you know, you come on stage and you 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 pour your guts out, you you do you you kind of let it all go, uh, and you throw it all out there, and it's it's basically saying like, hey, everybody in the crowd, like, look, I'm not trying to hide anything tonight, so like don't you guys hold back anything. And, um, I think it does become like a really collaborative deal, um, in that, in that live essence. But, you know, in, in terms of that initial point with it being that last using air quotes here, you know, true album song or track, uh, so to speak of, of 10, that album is just such a monster of amazing songs. And you go through all this stuff and like, um, 
it's not that other songs are more honest or emotional or in depth or hit on certain nerves uh, emotionally or whatnot at the very end, but it's uh, the song musically and tempo is not very fast or aggressive or forward, so to speak. And you kind of feel like you need that coming out of Alive and uh, Even Flow and Jeremy and Once. And Mm -hmm. it's like, holy crap, man, like I need to sit down, you know, and you kind of sit down and then they're like, oh, guess what? Like, let's uh, let's take this stuff deep in your gut that maybe you didn't even know that you were feeling. And like, let's let's iron that stuff out. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, well, shit. All right, let's do that, I guess. So yeah, and it's I'm kind of a sucker for album openers and album enders just in the essence of you buy the CD, uh you put it in your car and that first song can start to dictate like, oh man, this album is going to be good, you know, because it uh you know, growing up we, you know, we we maybe got that one single that we kind of heard like, hey, this is the first single from the forthcoming album. And you're like, okay, well, I've got this one song that I'm familiar with. That, like I know I like, or I'm, I've warmed myself up to it, but you know, you, we, we rarely, you know, and at least for a long time, we never had leaks. So you didn't know what the other yeah. 10, 11 songs were on the album. So that opener could kind of uh, dictate it. And then, you know, I, for some reason, I, and maybe it's just, maybe other people feel this way. And I, I mean, I mean, I'll kind of ask you that, like, but those end songs on a lot of albums, I'm like, yeah. man, like that's a perfect way to kind of like the cherry on top of the Sunday, the bow on the package, but just like the, this album's good. You know, if you listen to it on the record, it, it takes you into that silence where you got to get up and you, you know, either put a new record on or you, you flip it back over to side A and release is certainly, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned for my money, the, uh, about as good as, about as good as it can get. Um, in terms of a closer. Yeah. It really, like I said, like ignoring the, you know, the hidden track is just sort of, you know, it ends and it, it fades out pretty much. And you just sit there and you take a couple of breaths and you're like, Oh, okay. Wow. This is over. All right. Now. Okay. I'm back in the real world now. So, okay. What am I doing? Am I, you know, putting another song on, putting another CD in or, you know, the, the, the start of a new part of your life or whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's too dramatic. That's <laughs> sure. We can, we yeah, we can say that. It's all right. Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah, it's the uh, you know, this is the first day of the rest of your life. Oh, what do you got going on over there? Are you opening up some candy or something? Or just the- no, I'm uh, I'm I'm repositioning myself in my uh, in my recliner of choice. I had to uh, I had to re up on a uh, a beverage. All right. You gotta stay hydrated. <laughs> it's important nowadays as you get older. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you get cramps. <laughs> so I guess let let me ask you, and not uh, you're the host, so I mean, you know, tell me to pound sand, but um, you know, you're doing some of these with other songs, like um, like release, like kind of what's your uh, what's your elevator speech on it? Like, love it, hate it. Uh, what do you like about it? 
it mean anything to you or or uh, are you kind of indifferent about it? Oh, no. I mean, yeah, totally. This is, you know, the, the you know, I was uh, it, one of the things I ask people in, in these is, you know, what would what do you rate this like in five stars, like iTunes or whatever like that? Like what how, how do you rate this uh, for oh, God? I mean, I don't want to, you know, be a, uh, a star you, stop do, and... you know, like as all Pearl Jam, like, you know, rating it compared to all Pearl Jam songs or, you know, to all songs in your life or whatever. I will say this. I, uh, due to the fact that it has brought me to tears multiple times, um, at concerts and the fact that I, it's my one and only tattoo, I have to give it a five star. Otherwise I think I kind of look like a goofball, mm-hmm. but I mean, I would, yeah, it, um, it, I didn't know what it meant to me. And I, you know, there's times where there's certain, words and you know they get into some of the you know uh i think every not everybody but a lot of sons have that relationship with their dad like dad can you see me now like are you proud of me like i know i was a screw up in high school but look like yeah i've got a family and i'm able to provide like i'm able to do some of these like basic adult functions like can you see me now and you know, the, the other lyric that's, um, uh, that kind of in that same breath in that song is the, uh, you know, I am myself like you somehow, like I always thought that was great because it's like the chip off the old block thing, you know, like you don't have to be just like your dad, um, you know, but you can have certain things that you take from them. Um, and maybe it takes you a little bit later in life, like mm-hmm. me to, to kind of adapt and embrace those things. But I still feel, you know, uh, you know, deep in my bones that like I'm my own person. So I am like, you know, I am myself, but I'm like you somehow. So like, I, I mean, that, I think those are, that's a great way of wording it lyrically, you know, the way that, uh, the way that Eddie kind of, kind of drew that out. Um, but then also the, you know, the crescendo of I'll ride the wave where it takes me, you know, all hold the pain, release me. Like when they hit that, like, I mean, hell, whatever you're dealing with, if you're not, if you don't, if you don't actually, you know, air quotes again, release it at that point, like you might need to reevaluate some things. Um, Cause I know, th- I know that that's kind of a, uh, a lock, uh, you know, that's kind of a slam dunk deal for me. So, and not to be like super long winded, but mm-hmm. you know, we talked about it being an opener. Um, it's a closer of the album, yeah. but an opener, uh, in a live essence, a lot of times, and I've been pretty fortunate in the last handful of years where they've, where I've been to some shows where they have not played at first. And I kind of always got the point where, you know, if they don't play at first, it's just like, Hey, we're not getting released tonight. And that's okay. It's okay. We're still going to have a killer show. They're still going to play a lot of great songs. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but I think, uh, MSG one in, uh, two, 2016 yeah they played it like sixth and i remember that was like just what a surprise i was like oh my god like how great is this you know and then at wrigley later that year wrigley won they played it uh i think they played it second but it wasn't first and they they did it uh hmm. they played it second at fenway two yeah, yeah. this year no not fenway two fenway won this year uh in 2018 and uh it it was just cool because it, you know you it kind of turned into like your favorite pair of jeans where you're just kind of comfortable and you just wear them and you kind of know, or, or maybe not your favorite pair of jeans, but like your, uh, 
your go-to lunch item, you know, with the, uh, at the neighborhood bar and grill and it just kind of always tastes the same or, you know, it's the Tuesday special and then, you know, they change the Tuesday special up, you know, or, uh, you go in on Thursday and you know, you can't get the Tuesday special cause it's Thursday, but then for some reason they have it on that Thursday and you're like, Holy shit, this is awesome. Like mm-hmm. what a great surprise. Like I love this. I'm so filled with joy and I'm so happy and, and things like that. So, um, it's been nice that it's kind of evolved at least for me personally over the last 18 years or so in a, in a live setting to where, um, it's become kind of that surprise. Um, you know, and I I have got very comfortable with like, Hey, this, you know, this could lead off a show. So you're having those beers at the bar with your buddies. Um, you know, the people you go to shows with and things like that. And you're like, God, they're going to open the release time. It's going to be freaking killer. It's gonna be awesome. And then they don't, you're like, eh, okay. And then they play it the second song and they're like, Oh my God, like, Holy crap. And, uh, it kind of sets up that whole precedent for the next three hours to where like, I don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, they kind of got me, uh, you know, uh, on my heels and, you know, they, they're going to play whatever they want, whenever <laughs> they want. Uh, and it's kind of that nice little reminder to say like, Hey, like each show is different. It's not a cookie cutter instance. Um, you know, and there's, there's certain patterns, but for the most part, like they're game to do whatever they want, whenever they want. Uh, and I think that's awesome. And I think that's a, a unique experience that as a fan of Pearl Jam, um, you get that. I don't, you know, that I, you just don't get that with other bands. Yeah, and it, I, I didn't mean to, I'm not trying to deflect and, you know, you asked me like what I thought about it and I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's, I'm going to ask you now. I'm, uh, oh yeah, the, uh, my, uh, here's my little jujitsu and throw it against you. But no, yeah, for, for me, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely five stars. It's, it's, you know, while, you know, I, th- I think everybody kind of has a little bit of a dad issue, you know, not necessarily, you know, as huge or as weird as, uh, you know, Eddie Vedder's or anything, but you know, if you're, you know, if you're going, if you have a family and, you know, you have to go and work and be away at some point and, you know, there, and, you know, come back and it's kind of like, okay, tired, did all, you know, working all day, or maybe it's like, oh, I got to work nights or, you know, I got to work weekends. I'm not around all the time. You know, I'm just, you know, working to make sure that, you know, you're providing for your family and kind of that's what you're doing. That's your role in the family and the interactions with your actual kids and stuff like that. It's it's not the number one goal that you're trying to do. It's kind of like, okay, you know, if, you know, that's your backup. It's like, okay, if I got time, you know, when I'm, you know, not at work or whatever, and it's like, okay, now go ahead and spend time with my kids and stuff. And there's always a little bit of, of distance and not, and, and the lack of availability, I think there that's, you know, a particularly, if, if you have two parents, if you have a mom and a dad that sort of like Mm -hmm. comes with it, if you're, you know, if your dad's working or whatever, you know, if, if you have like a single mom or something like that, I'm pretty sure there's, there's, some of that too, but I think in our society, the, it's more of, it's, it's more, uh, conditioned for women to 
make sure that you're available and that you're parenting your kids and, and having a rapport and relationship and stuff like that connection with them. And, you know, and then in me being a dad now and stuff is kind of like, okay, you know, I gotta, you know, I love my kid and everything. It's kind of like, Oh, you know, I want to spend time. And, Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like I, I, you know, at the point when I found out my, when my wife and I found out that she was pregnant that, uh, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you know, what am I going to do? I, you know, kind of have a crappy job. I work, you know, schedules all over the place, you know, I work weekends and stuff. And it's kind of like, it's what's more important, you know, like doing that and like having, you know, money or something like that, or spending time with my kid because it, you know, once it's gone, it's gone and you can't go back and do that. You know, I mean, you could get more money, you know, you do, you know, do a job, do work, you'll get more money, you spend it, you know, you're going to get more money, but you're not going to have time back with your kid after, you know, they're not a baby anymore. You think back, it's like, oh man, it was so great when they're a baby, they're like this. And, you know, then they're toddlers and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's so cool. They're doing this and, you know, they're learning and everything. And, you know, they get older. It's like, oh, wow. We're kind of like starting to actually, actually talk and have like a real conversation sort of. And, you know, starting to, you know, it's like, oh, you got to watch this cartoon. You watch cartoons together or something. And, you know, like each period of time has their own thing. And, you know, if you miss it, you can't go back. Right. No, you, yeah, you, ab- no, you absolutely can't. You know, it's a, that's such a good point. And the, you know, the thing is, is there's that, uh, you know, when you become a parent, as, as you know, like you have to become selfless, you know, um, it's not about just you now. Yeah. Like it's, it's about this living, breathing person. But then, you know, there's that, uh, you know, balances the, uh, is the flavor of life or, or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think you, I think it's, you start to prioritize things, you know, um, you know, and for me, it's, you know, it's been, you know, I try to make a pretty big priority to, if I can afford it and, you know, work allows to, to go to, you know, Pearl Jam shows or listen to records or whatever. Um, cause you have to have that time for yourself because even though you only have this finite amount of time that you get with your kid in a certain stage, you know, you can't completely give up who you are because, you know, at some point you, uh, you'll unintentionally, you'll kind of resent them a little bit and that's not healthy for anybody, you know? So I, you know, I, I kind of look at it as more of like, all right, I'll watch Mickey Mouse Club with you and you like getting donuts. So those are things that you like doing. So like, let's do those. But then also like, Hey, daddy's going to get on an airplane and go see Pearl Jam and to him, it doesn't mean much other than he's going to get an overpriced t-shirt and be super fired up about it, but it's cool. And, you know, like they, uh, you know, it, you get to kind of share those experiences with them. And then, you know, I'm hopeful that, uh, that the band stays around long enough and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and decides to, you know, get out on stage that, that I can take my little one and, and we can kind of have those experiences because I, I mean, in terms of finite time, I mean, I think, you know, they're getting up there and, and he's four. So, I mean, I think we're going to have a fairly small, I mean, hopefully large window. Um, but I mean, more than likely a fairly small window to where, yeah, totally. you know, we can go see him and they're not, uh, 
you know, they're not like Kiss on their, you know, fi- final, final tour or whatever, you know, coming next March. Or Rolling Stones and it's, you know, $200 a ticket or whatever. Right. You're like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to pay the mortgage this month because we're going to go see the Stones. <laughs> and you're like, well, are they even going to be alive by the time that comes around in six weeks? You're like, yeah, I don't know, but tickets are non-refundable and, you know, this is just a dice we got to roll. <laughs> yeah, they got their, they got their uh, Android bodies all set up and they just got to hook up their brains and they'll uh they'll go yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely that's funny yeah well is, is there uh is there anything else any any, any part words about the song that you want to um you got to put out there yeah i i have to i'd be remiss if i didn't tell one particular story about said song yeah. um and i know we've been going on for a minute oh, no, so no, i'll try to be brief but I go. Yeah. We'll just edit this right yeah, so out. Better be good. Um, I've got, I have, I have two sisters. Uh, one loves Pearl Jam. The other does not. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is five years younger. That's the one that loves Pearl Jam. She's seen them now more times than I have. Uh, but her first show was Bonner Springs, which is a suburb of Kansas city. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it was 2003. So Riot Act Tour. And anybody that's been in the Midwest knows that, you know, if you don't like the weather, just wait 30 minutes, it can change. So we look at the weather. Hey, it looks like it's going to be nice. No need to even maybe take a jacket. It's going to be a beautiful evening. No rain, no nothing. Uh, we get there. It's fine. And then opening act starts. I don't know. But before Pearl Jam comes on, torrential downpour. And I'm talking rain like you haven't seen uh Noah's Ark type it's stuff. It's outdoor. Outdoor, yeah. Outdoor, it's a, it's an amphitheater. It's a really cool, really cool place. Um, and now it's owned by some <clears throat> conglomerate like Verizon Wireless, uh, yeah. Samsung Galaxy smartphone amphitheater or something. But, I mean, it rains and it torrential downpours. Uh, and my sister, for all of her benefits, is a, uh, a petite thing. So we got to go get it. We got to go to merch. We got to get her like a sweatshirt so she doesn't get hypothermia. Um, and they open with release. And I'll never forget, um, there is a lightning bolt uh, off in the distance. And it is it is huge. And it's audible. You can, uh, can kind of hear it on the bootleg. But, I mean, it was everybody kind of stopped and kind of did the, oh. And, uh, you know, Eddie's singing. And after the lightning bolt, he... Uh, you know, he says, hi, dad, during the song. Yeah. And it's just like, holy shit, like what a cool deal. And you, you know, and that's what's so great about the bootlegs for this band, not to go off on a different tangent, but like you hear it live, you kind of hear it, um, but it kind of gets lost in the shuffle because you got 25 more songs and you're literally taking on water for two and a half hours. Um, but then, you know, you get back and you hear the bootleg and you go, man, like that was a cool moment. Like you know, it's, it's, it's nice to have that moment kind of memorialized, um, you know, on this physical piece of media. Um, but it was, just, I, you know, that was just such a cool moment to be at. And that was her first show. You know, like I said, um, for my, for my money, that's probably the best performance you're ever going to get. And you just, you're never going to be able to get them to play in a torrential downpour with lightning in the distance, you know, probably not safe. Um, and all those things. But, uh, in that, you know, in that rocking horse of time, like that, that one moment, it was like, Mm -hmm. man, this is, 
something that you know you're never going to deal with ever again which was which was so awesome and i think you know when you get something like that it just kind of transcends everything and uh you know you kind of it's you know it's a little bit like heroin you kind of keep chasing it like you keep trying to go back and get that that moment um and and you're probably not going to get it but uh the fact that you at least got it once is uh certainly worth writing home about so that's why i offered to do release for your podcast well, thank you for doing this podcast. Do you have any plugs or anything that you need that you uh you want to promote or anything? I do not. Um I have a pretty basic Instagram page if anybody wants to follow me after this comes out. It's Ryan Bauer 9 on Instagram. It's pictures of my kids and maybe me drinking sometimes. Um <laughs> but check it out. Uh I love uh connecting with as many Pearl Jam fans on there as possible and kind of seeing what they're doing and uh I've actually, uh, you know, met some people and uh, and uh, made some kind of cool connections through that way, at least uh, around the country, which has been really nice. Right on. Well, thanks, thanks again for coming on, and uh, maybe we'll talk to you again uh, if I'm, when I'm talking verses. Yeah. Hey, I would love to. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. The Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by their respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from shoutengine.com slash thebetterbandpodcast using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ListenUpReno. I am on Twitter at BrandENP. If you have anything you'd like to say about these songs, send your emails to betterbandpod at gmail.com and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Ryan, and as always, this is Brandon saying, The fact of the matter is, bones heal, chicks dig scars, and the United States of America has the best doctor to daredevil ratio in the world.
Ah uh...